Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. So I have a 13-year-old daughter. Her name is Micah Joyce. She was born 10 weeks early. She was two pounds, 12 ounces when she was born. I could take my wedding ring, put it over her foot and put it up to her knee when she was born. She's amazing. Today she is healthy, whole and a flipping genius. If, uh, if anyone in our home needs to know how to spell anything, ask Micah. Don't ask me or mum, ask Micah. She'll tell you how to do it. I then have an 11-year-old daughter who is the life of the party. She's an extrovert. She takes after her mother. She's an extrovert and she's all out there and uh, loves everything uh, to do with life. And then I have a four-year-old boy. Uh, my two daughters, they love Jesus. Pray for my son. He's definitely not a Christian yet. He needs, to, he needs his own encounter with God for that kid for sure. Help me. Uh, but I'm so pumped I got my boy because when I got my boy, everything in my house changed. We slowly moved from all pink to a little bit of blue. We slowly moved from Barbie movies to Lego movies. I went from being an expert on every Barbie movie that came out to every superhero movie that came out. I felt a little bit weird for a little while there. You get into my car and there'd be like a half-dressed Barbie in the back seat. Or, or some dress or a wand or something in the back seat. And then I get my boy and I'm like, hey, dude, you can come with me and leave anything you want in my car so my friends start to think I'm normal. And then, uh, so what, I took a trip a couple of weeks ago and when I get home, uh, my son says what he says every time I walk through the door and says, hey, daddy, where's my present? That's not, I miss you, not thank you for providing for me. Thank you for giving me a roof over my head and thank you for the meals I had, when, nothing of that. Just give me a present, where's my present at? Before we left, we had an intense discussion as to what the gift was going to be. It's the greatest decision he needs to make at this. Like I'm telling you, he needs Jesus. The guy's got nothing in his world except Lego. So we, we have this intense discussion about, hey, buddy, what, what do you want when I go? He goes, Dad, I want Lego. I'm like, hey, buddy, what sort of Lego do you want? He goes, I want a car that can go on the snow. I'm like, dude, that's a tall order. I don't even know if they make one of those things. So I'm like, okay, cool. And uh, so I get home and I said, hey, buddy, I got you some Lego. And his eyes light up. It was like four in the afternoon when I got home. His eyes light up. I'm like, hey, bud, I got you the Lego. He goes, did you get me the car that can go on the snow? So I hope so. Uh, I'm sure you'll let me know if it's wrong. And so I hand him the Lego. I handed him this, this piece of Lego right here. I'm like, here you go, bud. Here it is. And his eyes, he's like, he looks at the box and the picture on the front of the box and all he can see is this amazing, amazing toy that he gets to play with, the car that goes on the snow. And I'm not the dad that underachieves, I'm the dad that overachieves. It's even got guns on it. It's a car that goes in the snow that shoots stuff. There is nothing pink, nothing fluffy, nothing lacy. It's boy, all boy. So he gets pumped. He's like, wow, until... We open the box and it looks like this. My poor little four-year-old, he's like. What's this? Interpreted means what's this? So that's your car, buddy. He goes, no, I want that. 
and confusion crowded his mind. And in that moment, I felt like God say, that's exactly what happens when I give Christians a picture, when I give my kids a picture of their future. They get a picture of where I'm taking them. They get a picture of what I have for them. They get a picture of the together world. They get a picture of them healed. They get a picture of them whole. They get a picture of their son, their daughter worshipping next to them in church. And when they wake up the next morning, all they got is this. And we spend so long looking at the box and looking at that and doing exactly what my son does. I call it the Judah pout. He goes, like, what are you doing, buddy? He's like, it's the Judah pout. He gets all upset because what the picture is and what the reality is are two very different things. I said, hey, buddy, let's build it together. His eyes are like, oh, can we build it together? I'm like, yeah. So we sit down and we get all the pieces out and I get the 467 page instruction book. Come on, who's ever put Lego together? Things like an encyclopedia. Come on, make it easy for a brother. So I'm starting to turn over. Three pages into 467 pages, my kid's gone. I'm in the lounge room building Lego and he's playing with Play-Doh at the dining room table. I'm like, buddy, where are you at? He goes, it's too hard. You do it. How many Christians get that picture? Get two days into it and God looks up and they're gone. God says, where are you? We're like, it's too hard. I'm out of here. You do it. You ever notice that God would make a really good CEO? He's great at painting the big picture. He'd make a terrible CFO. He's terrible on the detail. God's terrible on the detail. You ever notice God is terrible on the detail? He's just, he's horrendous at the detail. In fact, he'd make a great salesman. He could sell ice to an Eskimo. He, he, could, he can paint a picture that'll get you to buy in. Think about it. He says to Noah, I want you to build an ark. Sweet, I'm in. And then he gives him all the detail of how it's gonna happen. Hey, David, I want you to go down to your brothers and take them some wine and cheese. Not wine and cheese, that's the amplified version. I want you to take them some bread and cheese down to the battlefield. And David's like, oh, I'm in, I'm going down there. God negated to tell David that when he gets there, there's gonna be a dirty big giant that he has to face. Joseph, God paints him this picture of, you're gonna be the ruler of all of the known world. Amazing. Negated to tell him that he would be accused of rape put in jail, that there was a long way between the ruler of the known world and what he was working with in the moment. That there was a long way between what God said he would have and what he was dealing with on a day-to-day basis. That when we wake up, we may have all the pieces to get to where God has called us to go, but it looks nothing like the picture that he has deposited in our spirit. If you feel like that from time to time, welcome to every other Christian's walk on the planet. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. And sometimes I think, God, you can speak the world into existence. Like you spoke and stars came out. You spoke and there was an elephant, a giraffe, a hippopotamus, a kiwi. I don't know what you were thinking on that day, but had a frustrating day, so made an emu the next day, which is an oversized kiwi. That's all that is. 
God, you can speak and life comes. Yet you give me a picture like that and make me deal with this. Why can't when you speak, it just happens? And I felt like God say, because I'm not just interested in building a future. I'm interested in building you for and through the process of getting you to your future. What happens in you along the way is almost more important than what you end up with at the end of the story. What God deposits in you and through you through the journey of that to that is almost more important than ending up with that because it's the platform for your next season and what God is interested in what you're doing. I want to read you a scripture and paint a bit of a picture. It says in the sixth, in Luke chapter one, verse 26 through 38, it says, in the sixth month, The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favoured one. Can you hear the sales pitch already? Greetings, O favoured one. Not, hey, Mary. Hey, how you doing? No, no, he's buttering her up. He's getting ready to sell her something. Greetings, O favoured one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great, for he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. Can you imagine Mary? Most scholars say she's between the age of 12 and 15. And an angel comes and tells her that she has found favour with God, that she will conceive in her womb a son and that the Lord will give the son out of her womb the throne of David, which is like saying the most powerful person in all the world, you're going to give birth to his successor. You're going to give birth to the the next most powerful person in the world because everyone knew King David at that moment. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And to his kingdom, there will be no end. Can you imagine being 13 years old and God comes to you and says, hey, you're gonna give birth to a child and that child will change the course of human history. Have you noticed how many details that God leaves out in this sales pitch to Mary? You're gonna... A, have to go home and tell your parents that you're pregnant and you and Joseph haven't been messing around in the backseat of the car on Friday night. You're going to have to go to school getting bigger and bigger and put up with the ridicule of all your friends of, oh, that's that girl. Your whole life is going to change from that moment. God leaves all those little details out. Here's one little detail. You're actually going to have to give birth That's a big detail. I've been in that room. It's ugly. It's messy. It's not cool. People say it's pretty. It's beautiful. It's the most amazing thing. They're lying. It is not pretty. It's not beautiful. It's not the most amazing thing. It is anyway. God leaves that detail out. How many parents are in here? Put your hand up if you're a parent. Put your hand up if you ever want to be a parent. This whole section, not one honest person. 
Not one honest person. Good on you, sweetheart. Well done. Honesty. Let that breed through this entire section in Jesus' name. If, if you've never been a parent, here's what happens. Parents, they go, man, when are you going to have kids? They're amazing and they're squishy and they're cuddly and there's nothing like having your daughter fall asleep on your chest at night and you have this most amazing feeling that you get to protect this child. and It's, it's the most amazing. No one tells you you don't sleep. No one tells you when they hold the kid up, it spews all over you and you are like this at the time. No one tells you when they poop, it goes up their back, up the front, down the leg. It's everywhere. No, no one tells you, hey, you want to have a kid? It's messy. It's ugly. You don't sleep. No one tells you that part. And God comes to Mary and says, hey, I want you to give birth. You know, there's going to be a whole bunch of people in here tonight and God gives you a picture of your future. Friend, embrace it. Don't think too much about the detail. Embrace what God has deposited on the inside of you. Here's the deal. And then it says this. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And therefore, the child that will be born will be called Holy and the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, who is in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is in the sixth month with her and he will be, she, who will be called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Not according to my circumstance, not according to my ability, not according if my pastor's right and my pedigree is right. Let it be to me according to your word. You know that when God comes to you and you've given him every reason why your marriage should be a disaster, you've given him every reason why your future should be tainted because of poor decisions or poor bloodline or poor perceived start in life. When you've got every reason as to why not, the Bible says it's not according to those things, it's according to his word. Your healing is according to his word. Your breakthrough is according to his word. Your wholeness is according to his word. It's not according to what the doctors say. It's not according to you being good enough. It's according to His Word. And I've got a sense there's a bunch of people in church tonight and you've been carrying a dream. You've had this picture for a long time, but because you've dealt with this for so long, you've lost sight of what that looks like. You've lost sight of what the big picture and what the big goal is because you're dealing with the details and the pieces of it to this point. I grew up in a home where my mother was an alcoholic and a drug addict. My mother was a prescription drug addict and she would get drunk three or four nights a week. And as a kid, I literally three or four nights a week from the age of 12 on, I would pick her up from her drunken stupor. I would put her into bed. I would clean her vomit up just so my little brother wouldn't see it. Then after a little while there, my parents started to have problems. So three or four nights a week, I would watch my father beat my mother physically uh, in her drunken stupor. And I would lay in bed at night from the age of about 13 and make this statement in my head, I'm never gonna get married. I'm never gonna get married and potentially put kids through what I'm going through right now. It's never gonna happen. 
I leave home, I go to Bible college, God does some amazing work on the inside of me and I begin to see a picture of me with an amazing marriage. I begin to see a picture of me with an amazing family and amazing kids. I begin to actually envisage the fact that God could heal and restore and become what I wasn't. And according to His Word, I could have a great marriage. And then I got married and I felt like all of a sudden I had this on my hands. So I went to God. I'm like, God, I thought you said I could have a great marriage. I thought you said that I'd break through. I thought you said that my history wouldn't hamper and dampen what you've called me to do. God, what is going on? I was really confused because I ended up with this, not that. And tonight I want to give you the key that I believe is the bridge between the pieces in your hand and the picture that God creates. For every individual, regardless of what the area of the promise is, whether it's the future, whether it's a future in business, whether it's a financial future, whether it's an internal future, regardless of what it is, I want to give you a picture and I want to give you the key that God gave me that joins these two things together. Are you ready for it? John chapter 16 and verse 12 says this. Jesus speaking, I have so much more to say to you than you can bear now. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of His own, but He will speak only of what He hears and He will tell you of what is to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that He will receive what He will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will receive from me and make it known to you. I believe the key to getting from the pieces of the picture to the reality of what God says is living every day with an ear open to the Holy Spirit, being led by Him, being driven by Him, being coached by Him, being guided by Him into the future that God has for you. This isn't spooky. This isn't weird because I believe the Holy Spirit will do three things. Number one, the Holy Spirit will prompt us to do what is natural. Come on, He will prompt us to do what is natural. So many times we do what Judah did, my son, and we get halfway into it and we walk away because the task seems so daunting and the task seems so big and the task seems so overwhelming. But the Holy Spirit would just say, if you would just do what I ask you to do today, and if you would just do what I ask you to do tomorrow, and if you just do what I ask you to do the next day, then in three, six, 12, 18 months time, when you look back, you will be so much further and so much closer towards the picture that I have for you. Just keep going day by day. Yeah, but what do I do? Listen, if your marriage is a mess, write a card. Send her flowers. If your internal world is a mess, young person, and you've got stuff on the inside that is tearing you up that no one else knows about it. Step one, find a youth leader, find a connect group leader and begin to tell them areas of your life. The Holy Spirit will prompt you to do what is very natural and very normal. Just take a step at a time. What can I do? You can just do what the Holy Spirit asks you to do. I knew for years that I would have to write a letter of forgiveness to my father. Why? Did I do anything wrong? Probably. Did I feel like I deserved an apology rather than owed an apology? Absolutely. But I felt like the Holy Spirit say, this is more about you than it is about him.
write him a letter. Okay, I can do that. So I wrote him a letter. Do you know the jumps that I took from there to there in that one act of obedience was huge in just writing him a letter? See, it's not just God waving a magic wand. It's us being prompted by the Holy Spirit to do what we can naturally do. Number two, the Holy Spirit helps us believe that we can do what we never thought we could do. Do you know that there are steps that you can take that you don't believe you can take, but you can take them? I remember about, probably about six years ago now, I was, my mother had just passed away. She literally drunk herself to death. And my mum loved God. I found her journals once she was, uh, once she'd gone to be with Jesus and she, she had this disease called alcoholism. I found her journals and literally day after day, the journals were this. The top of the page at 7 a.m. in the morning was, Dear God, I'm so sorry about yesterday. Today will be different. I will not, I will not give in to temptation. I will overcome. And then scripture's written out. And then at the end of the page is like this childish, drunken scribble. God, I'm so sorry I've messed up again. I don't seem to be able to get better than this. My, my mum loved God. She just had a sickness and a disease that she wouldn't open up and let someone walk through, walk, walk through her. So when my mum finally passed away, I, I, ha- I was left with this storm on the inside. Because I always thought before she passed away, I'd have a chance. I, I had a picture in my mind of reconciling the hurt that was caused on the inside. And I felt like it was a God-given picture and she'd passed away. And now I'm left with how do I reconcile all the questions of why? Why, mum, when I begged you to give up drinking, didn't you? Why, mum, when I begged you not to tell my friends about that sort of stuff that you did? Why, mum, did you steal off my friend? Why? 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 And I'm left with this turmoil. So I go to my pastor. I go to Pastor Paul, who's my boss and my pastor. And I said, hey, I've got all this stuff going on on the inside. I think I need to take probably six months off the platform and not be public. Because every time I get up there, I'm saying faith and I'm speaking faith, knowing I've got this storm going on on the inside. I just need some time out. He said, cool, you've got two weeks, go and see someone and then you back up. I thought, you jerk. In Jesus' name and honour and respect and all that, but you're a jerk. Seriously, I'm just asking for six. Who the heck? What's wrong with you? I did say that part. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, you got two weeks. Okay. That next week, I'm at a conference. If I can have the band come on back and join me. That next week, I'm at a conference. I'm standing there in the conference and I'm saying, God, I need you to answer me on this. Because if I don't get breakthrough on this, I don't know if I can keep going. And all of a sudden, I was in a conference of 10,000 people. I felt like every one of the 9,999 left and it was me and God. And I got a picture of my mum, healthy and whole in heaven, sitting at the feet of Jesus, praying for me and my brother that we wouldn't be too scarred by the damage that she'd caused and that we would walk into all that God had for us. And in an instant, the turmoil on the inside was settled and the storm was calmed. Why? Because in an instant, I felt like the Holy Spirit say, you can overcome this. You don't need to look in someone's eye and get an answer. You need to be anchored in me, not anchored in the answers you'd get from a man. And I took huge steps forward. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit helped me believe that I could do what I never thought I could do. And that's moved beyond that moment. Thank God for, church, I'm gonna brag on Pastor Tony and Kath for just a little while. They're not here, so we can talk about them. That's all right. 
Do it in church all the time. Don't worry about it. You know you do it at lunchtime about your friends. So let's do it about your pastors in church. You have pastors that are not committed to your comfort, but are committed to you becoming everything God has called you to become. Sometimes when you think you need six months off, they see the next step for you. Embrace the push, embrace the challenge, embrace the struggle when they hear from God because it's the Holy Spirit getting you and I to a point through amazing senior leadership where we can believe that we can do what we never thought possible. So number one, the Holy Spirit will help us do the natural. Number two, the Holy Spirit will help us believe that we can do what we never thought we could do. And number three, the Holy Spirit will overshadow us and become what we could never do. The angel said to Mary, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and become the lack. She said, I'm a virgin. I don't wanna be too graphic in church, but if you're a virgin, you shouldn't be pregnant. There are some vital elements missing. And God said, I will overshadow you. I will take the pieces of the dream that are in your hand and I will take the picture that I have given you and I will through my Holy Spirit overshadow you and become the areas that you lack so that you can walk into all that I have for you. That word overshadow literally means to envelop to surround and to bring a haze. You ever met someone who has such a God encounter that it is undeniable, they walk out completely different and it's not on their own accord, it's because they've been overshadowed. Tonight, I believe the Holy Spirit is gonna overshadow some people. And you're gonna have the very thing that you're lacking in walking into all that God has for you. Here's the amazing piece. My son and I finally built the entire car. And about two days later, his little best friend, Nathan, or as Judah calls him, Nathan. Nathan came to our house. And Nathan walked in the front door. And the first thing Nathan saw was this. And he goes, that's the coolest Lego I've ever seen. Stayed at our house for about four hours, played with the car that can go on ice and shoot stuff. Went home and when he left, he said, that's the best day of Lego playing I've ever had. This is Nathan. Do you know what God wants to do in your world is not just about you. It's about the Nathans in your world who are gonna come into your world and see what God has done and they're gonna have the best day that they have ever had because you allowed the Holy Spirit to take you into steps that you can naturally do, to help you believe what you never thought you could do and to overshadow you and become the lack that you are lacking to get towards you need to go. When God gives you a picture, it's not just about you. It's about the people in your workplace. It's about your school. It's about your neighbourhood. It's about your family. It's about your friends. When tomorrow you wake up and you just see the pieces of your life, God looks through the pieces of your life and sees change in other people. Friend, tonight, what's the Holy Spirit prompting you to do? What's in your hand that is a bunch of pieces, but in your heart is a full picture? 
What is it that God has spoken to you about that is as real as this in my hand? But the reality is it looks like this at the moment. What's in your world? And tonight I'm going to believe in the final moments of this service that the Holy Spirit will come. And some of us will walk out with as simple a revelation of, I need to get up earlier tomorrow and spend some time with God. That's the next step of me moving towards what God has for me. I need to go home and actually be nice to my parents. Oh God, speak to my son about that. You, you're gonna walk out of here with a very practical thing to do. For others of us, we're gonna walk out of here and the Holy Spirit's gonna ask you to do something you never thought you could do to give something away, to bless someone, to honour someone, to speak a word of honour where maybe it's not what you naturally want to do, to, to forgive someone that you thought was unforgivable, to encourage someone that you thought is unencourageable, to allow someone into your world who by all rights shouldn't be in your world. The Holy Spirit's going to prompt you to do something that you never even thought was possible. And for some of you, you are literally going to walk out of this service knowing that you've been overshadowed and the Holy Spirit is going to become what you lack to move you from pieces to the picture. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au 